Amen. 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 One of the things we've been learning over the past three days is that there's power in agreement. Amen. And so when you say this proclamation along with your church, it's not because there's magic in the words you say, but it's when you together with your church family, you say this out loud and you agree together that we're getting ready for God's word. Our hearts open up and something starts to change on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. And so that's the power of agreement. Encourage you guys to continue to use the power of agreement uh, as we go into the rest of this morning and often support one another, often, you know, say amen when we're, you know, listening to the word of God, being prayed for, praying for others. And so without further ado, uh, an amazing anointed preacher of the word of God is here to bring the message this morning. Could you please give us, uh, give him a very, very warm welcome to the stage this morning. And let's welcome Pastor Chris Hippie from City Central Church this morning. Give him a big round of applause. All right. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you this morning and thank you for the the joy of coming before you, Lord. Thanks for being called your children. Thanks for inviting us into the deeper things. Thank you, Father, for everyone that's been going through this conference this weekend. Father, and those of us that are gathered together for the first time, we ask for a supernatural grace over each one of us, a strengthening. Would you release revelation over our hearts? Take us beyond information this morning and do something in our inner man that we would be more like Jesus in about 45 minutes from now, that we would look more like Jesus, we would sound more like Jesus. Maybe, Lord, for the first time, we'd start walking in a true, authentic relationship with you. Lord, I ask, release your goodness over us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, I want to tell you that you have some of the best pastors in the whole Vancouver area. I just want to say it out loud. And uh, can I just, can I see your hands if you've been going through the conference, if you've been going through the conference with us, right? And if you, if you're, if this is the first time that you're, you're being baptized into this wonderful event, raise your hand, first time event, uh, a few of us, okay. This is, uh, we're in store for a lot, a lot of fun here today. Um, I first want to just take a moment and introduce some of the my most favorite people. Um, my last name, our last name is Hippie, and uh, so this is the bunch of hippies, and uh, three of those young, strapping young men are not with us, but Elijah, Isaiah, and Caleb, they're at home, and then we have our daughter Zoe, praise the Lord, we got a girl, thank you Jesus, and... Uh, and, um, and so this is our, our family, and uh, everyone always seems to ask us, so you're the hippies? Uh, when they hear our last name uh, before they see us, they kind of expect us to have dreadlocks and big gauges in our ears. They're like, no, no, that's not us. Uh, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, right? So, so this morning, I, I really just want to jump right in, if you wouldn't mind. Um, we have been in this series uh, this weekend, and we're talking a lot about leadership and the heart of leadership, and we have covered a lot, and I feel like this morning, this message and the next message are probably some of the most important for us at an individual level, but then also at a corporate Thrive Church level. Um, they, are, they are principles and, uh, that, that have been very much so... Um, wrought out of the, 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 the rock, if you will, in my own life. They're, they're very personal topics, and I've come to a place of understanding that um, really has helped me uh, understand what it means to be a leader for Jesus, 
what it means to be a husband to my wife, a father to my children, a pastor to my church, uh, ministering where, you know, in an international way. Uh, I, just, I have found that these two topics are essential, and without these two topics, we do not thrive in, or expand right, as men and women of God. And so this morning what I want to talk to you about is one simple five-letter word that has been attacked, um, uh, maligned, destroyed um, in your personal life, or in some ways has come under fire. And I want to talk to you this morning about developing a culture of trust. I want to talk to you about trust. Now, for some of us, the word trust may even scare you a little bit because the only person you trust is yourself. Maybe you don't even trust yourself, and the concept of trust has been so maligned that you, you find yourself living extremely lonely. I want to tell you that trust is essential to live as a thriving man or woman of God. You want to be a leader. You want to understand what it means to trust you want to understand that a culture by which um, trust is elevated will almost command the favor of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning about the essential nature of trust. Now, can I just ask you, before we even get into the teaching, how many of you have ever had your trust betrayed by another human being? Raise your hand. Can you raise your hand nice and high? I don't believe in the, the right angle uh, agreement. I believe in the, the straight line. Okay, keep your hand up if it was more than one time you have had your trust betrayed. Okay, and maybe uh, let's say a dozen people, 12 or more people that have tr- betrayed your trust. Yeah, okay, so put your hands down. Trust is attacked over and over because the enemy of our soul hates the idea of a people gathering together that trust one another and are banding together underneath a trust for the Lord. There is a a loosing of the demonic realm that will always seem to attack and dismantle the very essential qualities that we need to live in to see the fullness of the presence of God in our lives. Okay, But before I get too far... This is what we have been saying the whole weekend. You are God's plan to transform the world. It's not another person. It's not another thing. God has created mankind in his image to rule, according to Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. You have been created by God to lead. You have been created by God for greatness. And no matter how shy your personality may be or how boisterous your personality may be, God has created you to lead in your sphere of influence and affect it for the kingdom of God. That's the premise of this whole weekend, right? So what the, some of the topics that we've covered so far is the heart of Jesus and his leadership, the love that compels us, Third is leadership is servanthood. Fourth is leaders submit to the Holy Spirit. And five is we talked about the generosity of God and how he generously shares the spiritual gifts to us to steward his way, right? And this morning, we're going to talk about what it means to build a sturdy bond of trust. Listen to what some very smart intellectual people say. They say this, to be trusted is a greater compliment than to be loved. Isn't that amazing? 
Another quote by Samuel Chand, the most powerful features of an organizational structure or organizational culture are trust and respect. Meaning, you want to have a healthy family? Trust and respect are essential. You want to have a healthy church? Trust and, and, and respect are essential. You want to have a, a, a healthy marriage? Trust and respect are essential. Samuel Johnson says it's better to suffer wrong than to do it, and happier to be sometimes cheated than not to trust. Isn't that an amazing thing? When I first read that, I went, oh, I don't know if I agree. Because if you're anything like me, you've, you've been cheated before. Better to be cheated than not to trust at all. I don't know what it is fully like up here in the Vancouver area, but we come from Tacoma, Washington, that is only about three miles south from where we are right now. I think our cultures are very much so the same, that I can see people walk into our church, and they'll stand at the back of the church, and they'll just look like this. And if you could put words to what their face is saying, you, you may not want to. Let's just put it that way. They are there, not, they, are, they are there and they're communicating by their body language that I just don't trust you. I don't trust the church. I don't trust Christians. I think they're all hypocrites. And, and, and it's all this jaded understanding of trust. But yet they come because they know that we have the answer. You see, trust is about security. It's about peace. It's about hope, which allows a person to rest even in the face of difficult circumstances. Trust, is our, our simple definition, is a bold, confident, sure security or action based on that security. When there is trust, there is security. Do you know that biblically you and I are created by God that when we are, when we are overcome with safety, we grow the, the greatest. We grow so fast in an environment of safety. That's why, if any of you are gardeners, I like to garden, you plant, um, you plant a plant in an environment that it will be safe, that it won't get too much sun, won't get too much water. There's a fence built around it because as it is safe, it will grow. When someone uh, is overwhelmed with the safety or securing nature of God, it invites the Holy Spirit of God to come and land in our life and do powerful things. When there is trust that is, is implicitly granted to one another in a culture, it almost commands the blessing of the Lord in our lives. Trust is being so convinced that you can rely on the character, integrity, and faithfulness of another that you're willing to place yourself in his or her care. It's not, uh, it, it not only needs to be built, but it also needs to be protected. Trust is interesting because it takes quite a while to build up, and in one decision, it can be torn down. It's really not, it's, it's not something that you can ever not be attentive to. It is something that you always need to be attentive to, for example, in a marriage, that you can build a wall of trust, but then one bad decision can really tear down a lot of the work. That's why trust is essential for us to focus. Now, Proverbs 3 is oftentimes the very thing and place that we as people go to when we think of trust. Now, I know you, y'all love, y'all, y'all love to, to, I just became a southerner right there, y'all love, y'all love to read Bible out loud. Let's do this together. Ready, begin. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. We are first and foremost created to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. You know what oftentimes can be a problem is, is that we actually trust in ourselves. We trust in our money. We trust in our 401k. We trust in the stock market. We actually have a tendency of putting our trust in other things versus the Lord. You and I want to be leaders. You and I want to live in greatness First and foremost, we must realize that we are created to put our trust in the Lord. Our trust is to be effectually unto Him. He is the one that the Word of God says He will never leave us or forsake us. He is the one that is a steady agent. He is faithful as the day is long. It was, the, it was um, um, do not be afraid for the Lord your God um, will go with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't waver in his opinion over you. Have you ever had a hard moment before that you turned on yourself and you started beating yourself up? You started turning on yourself and I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe that weak area. The Lord never changes his mind <coughs> about you and I. Thank you. I'm not sure what just happened there. He never changes his mind over you and over me. We're created to trust in the Lord. This is a good spot to take a, a little test, do a little assessment over your life. Pastor JB and I were talking a little bit yesterday about some of the, the questions that we ask ourselves on a regular basis just to make sure, how am I doing and where am I at? One of the great questions is, am I trusting in God in this season more than anything else? Am I trusting in Him more than my spouse? Am I trusting in Him more than my children? Am I trusting in Him more than my, my boss? Does He have my full confidence it's not ourselves or our plans that we're trusting in. Listen to what Psalm 93 says. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Listen, the word of God is very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forever. Psalm 25 says, all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies, right? What happens is in, in our lives, we can almost project on the Lord that he is like a person, that he, he has an opinion like a person, that he, he changes his mind like a person. When, we, when you're grounded in the word of God, you will trust the Lord more and more and more. People that are not grounded in the word, don't, that are not regularly in the word, abiding in the presence of God, what happens is they're so quick to start uh, leaning on their own understanding. What they think, what, what, what I want, what, what, what my opinion is, when, when I start doing that, then things start falling apart, and as they fall apart, people then start accusing God. Where were you? Well, he's kind of like saying, hey, you're, not, you're leaning on your own understanding. You're the one that's doing it on your own. Of course it's broken. Of course you're running it into the wall. But then he invites us back and says, hey, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and you're going to find life. This is essential for a culture of trust. When every one of us 
chooses to make the number one goal of being, I'm trusting in the Lord. When every one of us go vertical first and say, my trust is in you and you alone first and foremost, do you know what that does for the culture of Thrive Church? It invites the presence of God, and as I trust him, then I am able to live in a trusting relationship more easily toward other people. This is what we're talking about is developing a culture of trust. Number three is this. Trust brings deliverance, not pain. So if you raised your hand when I did that little exercise with you just a couple minutes ago, the idea of trust can equal pain in some of our minds. We can think that, oh, well, when I, well, every time I trust, it always blows up on me. I always get hurt. I always get rejected. I always get betrayed. So I'm just going to choose to not trust. When actually that concept or that idea is exactly what the enemy of your soul wants because as long as you are living independently from community you are easy pickings for the enemy simple national geographic i love watching national geographic and some of them get kind of gory i don't necessarily like the gore but you have a herd of gazelles and all of a sudden the lionesses surround them and they start chasing the gazelles Their goal is to not overrun the whole pack. They're just waiting for one of those gazelles to branch out of the safety of the pack, and then they leave the pack alone, and what do they do? They go after the one. Because they know an isolated one is easy pickings. Do you know that that is a very easy crossover into the demonic realm? The enemy of your soul, he's wanting you to leave the pack, leave the pack, because he knows that there's safety in the pack. He knows that there's other people in the pack that can look at you and say, you know what, man of God, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to contend for you, and I'm going to bear up underneath your burdens, and we're going to bear with one another, and we're going to live life together, no man left behind. But if the enemy of your soul can get you to branch off and go, who do they think they are? I can do this thing on my own, and then all of a sudden, that one decision, and all of a sudden, the lionesses are loosed. Because an individual Christian, an independent Christian, one that chooses not to seek to live in trust one to another, is an easy prey for darkness. But in actuality, trust brings deliverance, not pain. Look at what this song of trust in God uh, of David says this. The Lord is my light and the one who saves me, so why should I fear anyone? The Lord protects my life, so why should I be afraid? Evil people may try to destroy my body, my enemies, and those who hate me attack me, but they're overwhelmed and defeated. If an army surrounds me, I'll not be afraid. If war breaks out, I'll trust in the Lord. I ask only one thing of the Lord. This is what I want. Let me live in the Lord's house all my life. Let me see the Lord's beauty and look with my own eyes at his temple. During danger, he will keep me safe in his shelter. He'll hide me in the holy tent. He'll keep me safe on a high mountain. My head is higher than my enemies around me. I will offer joyful sacrifices in his holy tent. I will sing in the praises of the Lord, trusting and believing the promises of God in all circumstances, even in those where the evidence seems to be to the contrary. Don't you love that? See, he says, trust actually brings deliverance. When we place our full trust in the Lord, what it does is it precedes deliverance in our lives. Now I want to talk to you about developing a culture of trust, that trust is essential in this culture. Trust is essential in this culture. Without trust, we will not experience the depth of the Lord that the Lord created a team to be. 
without trust in a marriage. My, my wife and I, we love ministering to married couples. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. Okay. Put them down. How many of you want to be married? Raise your hand. I asked you this question. I got more hands today than I did yesterday. Praise the Lord. We're getting there. We're getting there. Vision, it's called vision casting, you know? Yes, it's a good, noble thing. In marriage, the beauty of marriage is you get to marry the, a man or a woman that you love with your whole heart. But then also what we have to realize is that person will also hurt us more than anybody else in our lives. So either you choose to become offended and distrustful and, and, and you become two islands or what you realize is I, I need to get a Ph.D. in understanding what is trust, how to trust and how to be a man that is worthy of being trusted. Right. It is key for every healthy team to make the commitment to work together to build a stod, a sturdy bond of trust. Now, I can hear you almost thinking, well, what if they're not trustworthy? So wait a minute, you're telling me that, yeah, I get I can trust the Lord because he's perfect and wonderful. Now, for some of you, that's your, that, is your, that is your takeaway. That's your application this morning. It's saying, you know what, I've actually been leaning on my own strength, my own scheduling, my own time, my own resource, and today is a surrender for you. But for others of us, you're sitting here thinking, yeah, I know I can trust the Lord because I know his character, but how can I trust people that are sinners? I've had people look at me, multiple people look at me and say, I can trust God, but I don't trust Christians. And while I get on one hand what they're saying, but I get on the other hand of saying, you have, have almost accepted a far inferior uh, original design that God has created you to live in. Are you willing to fight for a better future? Are you willing to fight to live in the fullness that God has? And what that means is rebuilding the bridges of trust in our relationships. In a relational capacity, you can only handle you on a really good day. Trust begins vertically before it ever begins horizontally. So on a question is this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust the Lord? That, we just talked about that. Second point is this. Straightforward communication is essential to rebuilding bridges. Meaning if your communication is motivated by the needs of others and free from a hidden, hidden agenda. Meaning manipulation kills trust. Manipulation and control will kill trust all the time. If I am out to use another person for my benefit, if I'm out to manipulate them for my agenda, then I am destroying trust. Listen, if you're married, this message is not now about your husband or your wife's character. This is about you becoming a person that it can be trusted. The question on the floor is not what are they doing. The question on the floor is what am, am I a trustworthy man? Am I a trustworthy woman? Am I living these characteristics that other people can trust me? Listen, if we stop looking at each other in this room, if we actually take our eyes off of them and actually look at me and look in a mirror and saying, am I trustworthy? Am I being, am I functioning as a trustworthy person? You know what happens when I start to do diligence before the Lord in that way? He starts to cleanse the things out of me that prevent people from trusting me. And at one point, people start to see a consistency in character. Not a perfection, but someone that when they fall, they actually ask for forgiveness. This is essential for a culture of trust. As long as we are looking for other people to fix their problems before I trust them, then we will never have a culture of trust. But if I will actually look in the mirror, and when, when we would have marital conflict, I needed to realize I am 50% of this equation. 
and I'm bringing a whole lot to the table. I needed to humble myself and say, Lord, search me and know me. Am I, am I, am I bringing everything out of the hiding that would prevent trust? Three is, do you keep your promises? Are you serious about your promises, even when they are little, and do everything in your power to follow through? Do you keep your promises? Are you a man of your word? Are you a woman of your word? Do you show up on time? Do you do what you say you're going to do? When you tell your kids you're going to do something, do you follow through? I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about consistency. I'm not talking about wipe out your highs and wipe out your lows. Do you have a consistency and a trajectory of being a trustworthy person? If we can give ourselves to being individuals that develop a trustworthy character and nature, what happens is this right here, this environment, goes to a whole nother place. Number four is this. You face up to your wrongs. Are you a safe person to communicate with? What freedom do you need to become a safe place? Do you quickly admit your wrongs and seek forgiveness? A killer of trust is fighting for my rights. Fighting for my rights. You're wrong and I'm right. You're wrong and I'm right. You're wrong and I'm right. As long as you are going to do that, you will never be a trustworthy person. Because Jesus did not live that way, Philippians chapter 2. He came low and he humbled himself. We have to understand that face up to our wrongs. When, I, when we got married, I, I'll tell you what, I never. I thought I was right all the time. I thought that if she would just be more like me, everything would be fine. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? It sounds even weird for me to even say it. But you know what? I realized, my goodness, I have so much arrogance in my heart. I am so prideful. I think I have it all together. And I am thankful that she is not like me. Hallelujah. My children are thankful that my wife is not like me. Hallelujah. Right? We focus on your team. Meaning, how well do you care for those close to you? Meaning, it's a mirror of our health is those, the health of those close to us. Do we lay our life down for the benefit or the healing of others, right? Number six is this, keep short accounts. Do you quickly deal with wrongs and settle your differences, or do you just let them fester and fester and fester? I want to tell you, being a trustworthy person takes effort, it takes time. It's not like going through a Starbucks drive through and boom, one day it's there. No, it's a consistency and a trajectory of saying, you know what? I want to be a man or woman of God with God's own heart. And what that means is a lot of time and a lot of decisions and a lot of consistency that you and I need to stay close to Jesus in order to fulfill. We've got to stay close to him. We've got to abide by him. We've got to look into the face of God. I can tell you when in the early years of our marriage, we would get in a fight and I would, I would go, oh, man, I got to get away. And I would just go look into the eyes of God and I just tell him I'm so angry, I'm so frustrated. I don't know how to do this thing. And it would be like the Lord would come and say, I'm inviting you to come low. Son, you're way too high. You're way too angry. And he would deal with my heart. And I would ask forgiveness for the sin in my heart. And right there in the course of 10-minute prayer time, he would shift me. And I went into my prayer closet angry, and I came out soft. And I just look at my wife and say, man, I am so sorry. I apologize for all of that. We want to be ones that keep short accounts on our sin. And building trust is a war. Do you respond to your team out of a sense of your own heart need? Meaning, 
do you, do you realize that we're all in this together? If we can, if we can today even make a, a culture or a, a corporate declaration saying, not one better, not one worse, we are all in this process of building trust. We want it to be a prime goal in our individual lives that the culture of Thrive Church, the trust goes higher and higher and higher. So when the VIPs come in here, they go, oh, it smells so different in the house of God. What is that beautiful, fragrant aroma? It's called trust. I innately know you have my back. I innately know you're not gossiping about me. I innately know that you're not criticizing me. I innately know that you're going to give me the benefit of the doubt and you're going to come underneath me and not accuse me like a religious spirit that says, get it together. We don't need any Pharisees in the house of God. What we need are men and women of God filled with the spirit of building and encouraging. That's when a family goes on mission together and Vancouver, B.C. gets touched by Jesus. I like boiling things down. So, how many of you realize that you have some work to do in this trust category? Not the right angle. Give me the straight up. All right. Okay. Me too. Okay? Because this is a lifestyle. So, how do you, in a marriage, in a family, in a church, what? how do you... How do you walk through? How do you build? How do you grow? Well, you, you talk a lot. And for some of us, that's a, big, that's a big effort. Some of listen a lot and pray a lot, right? Where trust is broken down to rubble, admit your need, get help, don't give up, keep sticking your neck out, get back up again, remember Jesus. I think for me, the keep sticking your neck out is one of the hardest parts of that step. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Don't become a jaded Christian. We don't need more jaded Christians. Become one that believes in fully stepping out. Just keep stepping out. Just keep risking. Keep, keep believing. Keep pressing forward, and you will see God do great things in our lives. We're just going to stop there. There's always more, but that's enough. Let's pray a little bit this morning. Lord, we honor you. Father, in the most amazing way, I thank you for the ways that you trust us. I don't know, I'm just struck, Lord. I'm just, I'm struck that you would invest so much in us and trust us with so much to carry your heart. You trust us with spiritual gifts and time and treasure, knowing and believing that we're going to handle them and invest them as wise stewards. I thank you for the ways that you trust us. Thank you for the ways that you, Jesus, trusted the Father all the way to the end. In the name of Jesus, I pray redemption over this house, over us as individuals. I pray the blood of Jesus would redeem our hearts. This morning, I just want you to raise your hand if you're saying, you know what, today, my number one action step is I'm done trusting myself and I'm trusting God. I'm just, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand as a testimony before him? I'm trusting the Lord. And just tell him with your own language, Lord, I'm done trusting in these other things. I'm done trusting in my resource. I'm done trusting in other people in the sense as my primary source Lord, you're my primary source. I place 
my secure, confident, grounding confidence in you, in you alone. I, I say yes to you. I'm done trusting even in myself. I say yes to you. All ways that I've been angry about, about trusting you. All the ways that I've been... I don't want to trust you. I want to trust myself, but it never works out. Lord, we just give you all anger and ask for your forgiveness this morning. We repent of our anger. We turn the other direction in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to put your hand up if you've been living independently. If you've been living alone from other people, from other Christians. If that's you, just that you've been reluctant to trust other people, that you've been reluctant, you know, I've been hurt, I've been rejected, betrayed in the past, and I just don't want to believe again. When it's all said and done, it's a decision. It's a decision of, of action. It's a, it's a reinstatement. It's a decision. It's saying, I will risk again. I will step out again. I will trust those that carry a character of consistency, that humble themselves when wrong, that that keep short account on sin, that have a, a genuine, at least, beginning stages of loving other people and being selfless. I say yes. Just in your own maybe even native tongue, just say yes. Just say yes, Lord. I say yes to trusting those that even have the budding virtues of trustworthiness. I say yes. I come out of hiding. I come out of independence. And in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive those that have rejected me. Maybe even you, you know their names. Those that have rejected me. Those that have betrayed me, I choose to forgive them. Even just right under your breath, Lord, I forgive, fill in the blank. I forgive, fill in the blank. I, feel, I forgive, fill in the blank. I, I, just, I forgive them for what they have done, and I release them in the name of Jesus. They don't owe me anything. They don't even need to know what they've done to me. I bless them and forgive them and release them in the name of Jesus. And I ask you would bless them in, in, in abundant ways, Lord. All the ways that I have been trying to do it on my own and I'm dying on a vine. Some of you are just dehydrated. Your strength has been sapped because you've just been trying to do it in your own strength all by yourself. Just tell them I come out of hiding today, Lord Jesus. And I choose to trust you fully. And I choose, Lord, with a yes and amen, that this house of God, this house of God, Thrive Church BC, would be a house with a culture of trust. And in fact, would you stand to your feet this, this morning and just lift your hands unto the Lord? We're going to make a declaration. We're going to make a covenant to the Lord. Lord, here's the covenant. Thrive Church, we say, Lord Jesus, number one, you will always be the first and foremost one that we trust. We say yes to trust in you. As our first and priority, we say yes to you. And so, and Lord, we also declare and agree to a culture of trust, trusting one another, being trustworthy individual for other people to trust. We just say yes to a culture of trust that we would continue to grow more and more and more in the areas of trust. If you believe that, would you just say amen before the Lord this morning? We thank you, Lord. Before I lead you in prayer, let me just tell you one thing. It's a piece of news that I'm really excited about, and 
Lots of people, when I shared it with them yesterday, they were excited with with us as well, is that yesterday was Pastor Charlene and my 15th year wedding anniversary. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand for that. Praise God. You sound a little bit like that moment when she said yes to me, to dating, and I was like, yeah, and I, and I, and, and I remember I, I was kind of going through some old photos because we were kind of putting together this uh, this kind of anniversary present for one another, and we decided to do it together this year, and, and we, we have all these old photos of us when we just got married, um, and we have got some new photos of us, you know, in 2018, and, and I was looking at those photos and comparing them, I, I noticed one thing, I was writing it in a card to Charlene a couple of days ago saying that, man, like, Char, you haven't aged at all, Amen. Amen. And, and, and she's not here right now, but you, you, I, I know it's the truth. And, and, and it's one of those things where she looks as beautiful today as she did 15 years, years ago when I married her. And I remember that day on September 1, 2003, and we're at the altar of the church. And, and we're standing side by side and then eventually face to face. And, uh, and we say to another, you know, through thick and through thin, for better, for worse, we're here together forever. Like for, for the rest of our lives, I say I do to you. I say yes to you. And, um, you know, I, I can say this is, you know, in every marriage, there's ups and downs and, and we've had our share of both, but I can say that I am so incredibly blessed to be married to Pastor Charlene. And, and uh, you know, we, we've been learning about precious stones, how Jesus is a cornerstone. I felt like yesterday and the day before, God is almost reminding me that, hey, you know, in addition to Jesus, who's our ultimate rock and precious stone, is that God has given me a precious stone. Her name is Pastor Charlene and that uh, I can rely on her, I can trust in her. And I, you know, without her, there's no family that I've got. Without her, there's no Thrive Church. Without, without her, there, I, I don't even know any of you. And, and, and here's the thing is, is it just goes to show that the greatest, sweetest, happiest relationships you will ever know are the ones that are filled with trust. Is there a risk with trust? There's a risk with trust. But is there a reward when you trust in the right thing and the right person? There is an absolute reward that far outweighs the risk. Amen. And I believe that, you know, just as Pastor Chris was sharing about how healthy, trusting relationships horizontally begins with a healthy, trusting relationship vertically with God. Here in this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I'm here to tell you that before you can really experience healthy, trusting relationships with others to the fullness that God made for you to have them, it all begins with the relationship with Jesus. It's trusting not in yourself, but trusting in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you to forgive you of your sins, to make you a new person. When you agree with God and say, God, I admit I'm a sinner, but thank you that you love me anyways. You sent Jesus for me. Your life changes. You have a new start, a new beginning, and you're able not just to have a healthy relationship with God, but even healthier relationships with the people around you. And if you're here in this place and you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's as simple as praying a prayer from your heart. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. If you know and you realize today that you need Jesus Christ in your life and you want to open up your heart to him, why don't you raise your hand to heaven right now? We just raise your hand to heaven right now. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. This is just between you and God. We just raise your hand to heaven right now if you realize you need Jesus today to be your savior. And uh, we're just going to pray with you. And uh, if you prayed this prayer before, when we pray it again with those who are praying for the first time, let's just pray this together right now. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you died on the cross for our sins for my sins today I admit that I need you and I open up my heart I say Jesus Christ please forgive me of my sins 
come into my life. Make me a brand new person today. Thank you. I trust you with today, with my future, with my eternity. And I thank you that starting today is the new beginning for my relationships. My relationship with you, my relationship with others. And that because of Jesus Christ, I can say the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Give God some praise.